Kaiju Network Podcast. I am your ho- co-host, Kent, and with me is your other co-host. Jason, how's it going, everyone? And we are continuing our retrospective series on the original Common Writer. Today we are covering episodes four through six. And before we get into that, Jason, is there any housekeeping that needs to be yeah. taken care of? Yeah, uh, just uh, kind of the per usual thing. If you're watching us over on YouTube, if you see that uh, red red subscribe button down below, make sure to hit that uh, button as well as uh, smash that like button and uh, hit that notification bell icon to uh, get any new notifications whenever we uh, stream uh, every other uh, week on Saturdays. But today we're doing it on a Sunday because Kent had a thing going on yesterday so we pushed it to today and i'll just bring up this little graphic that you can find us everywhere uh in one place there at our uh, link tree uh page there at linktree slash daikaiju network and uh we're on uh, video platforms uh i will need to be updating this uh graphic here because now we're uh back on our uh back streaming live on our Facebook page there. Facebook so we got is no to, longer in the doghouse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we got uh, YouTube, uh, Twitch, and uh, 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 Rumble as well, but uh, we aren't streaming live on Rumble, but uh, uh, our videos for each of our live episodes will be going there a day after. And we're on uh, these uh, audio platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and as well as TuneIn. And uh, you can find everything under one sun uh, with both our video and audio versions of our podcast and uh, some of the blogs that we do tend to do from time to time. <laughs> yeah, we we keep saying we need to do better, and yeah, over we, at, uh, we keep getting busy yeah. with other things. <laughs> yeah, over at I do uh, have ideas. I just haven't written them. So. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I got one that I've been working been working in my brain uh, for. Let's see, what is today? Sunday. I've been working on it since I think last Tuesday, and it's a good one. It's a good one. I'm, I'm just trying to figure out the kinks before I start setting it to paper. So well, I hope so, but uh, I know I've been needing to I, You know what? I, you haven't written anything in a long time. I've written two or three posts at least since your last one. <laughs> well, I've been needing to do some uh, actual postings myself besides just posting up uh episodes and <laughs> stuff so <laughs> yeah. but yeah otherwise that's uh that's uh all the housekeeping all right so uh let's just continue on with our coverage of the original common writer uh again we are doing episodes four through six during this particular uh podcast episode so we're gonna start off obviously in sequential order with number four title the man eating uh, Saracenian. Uh, the man eating Saracenian. I've seen a different title of this. I'm surprised you didn't pick up on it. And I don't want to stop and do research on that right now. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm um, not going to bother. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, this is quite an interesting episode. I, I um, this, this is our first plant type villain to appear, uh, although we aren't that far into the Common Writer series. These are only four episodes in. But, um, yeah. Is this truly, though? Because we had a episode a couple back where it's setting like the man-eating mantis or something like that, or man-eating scorpion, I think it was. Um, and there was no eating of any individual human being. At one point, though, early in this episode, I really thought Hey, we were going down there because he took um, that little boy, uh, Kenji's sister. And I thought, okay, maybe he did take her and eat her. But as we find out, as the episode goes on, all he did was take her as a hostage in the hopes of trying to create another shocker general, as I call him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, with... uh with this one, uh, as far as the uh, episode goes, uh, with the first three episodes that we've gone through, we've tend to have like some of these uh, one-off villains for each episode kind of have their story built up and also being viewed 
uh, or shown quite a bit with this. But with this one here, it seems like this uh, Saracenian uh, type of villain hasn't really been shown a whole lot. I think from what I've seen in my own opinion, so far this uh, villain has been shown the least amount of times because you only see see him at least once uh, in the beginning and then maybe a, a little bit maybe like a couple or so minutes, maybe towards the end, like middle towards the end, and then towards the end when he gets defeated by a uh, common rider. And you don't really know much about this villain at all. And I think it just, it's like you get really good uh, opinion or an outcome from the first few episodes. But then with this episode, just, really kind of you know downgraded quite a bit and you don't really get a whole lot of you know, story going on with it. yeah I, I i you're on the same page as i am about this episode um it, it, it's almost as if we're we're related somehow i guess i you know i don't know but um <laughs> but yeah i i thought yeah, the same i thing. wonder i the um word that i thought of um, was proactive when it came to the Saracenian man, meaning that he was not as proactive as the villains from the previous three episodes we've seen so far. And then the uh, two episodes we're about to see here in a little bit um, and discuss. Um, yeah, that to me was sort of um, a drawback to this particular episode because typically the shocker generals are – very proactive in the story. Mm -hmm. They are heavily involved. They usually are the ones that set the story in motion, set out their really cool face painted minions out to do a lot of the dirty work while they sit by, do a lot of the directing, if not even occasionally, you know, maybe kidnap someone or maybe kill someone themselves. Um, but they're usually there in the forefront uh, with just about everything major that's happening with the storyline mm -hmm. and um which is disappointing because that's one of the things i have enjoyed so far about common writers that the villains were very proactive i have seen some tokusatsu before where um the villains whether they are generals like what we're seeing here with common writer or there's just a big bad villain with a bunch of minions um don't quote me on this but if i remember correctly from um uh, Red Baron, I think that's kind of how that one's set up, where you have a big bad villain and it's just a bunch of minions. And the big bad is pretty cool, but, you know, and directs things, but is not as fully involved with the stories, uh, at least in terms of being at the forefront. Uh, whereas here, yeah, there is some big major villain out there somewhere. But there are generals underneath, which are kind of the selling point for this common writer because they are these very unique uh, animal, human, animal, plant um, hybrids or cyborgs, I guess, technically mm -hmm. is what they are. And I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if what the deal was. I, I don't know if just the writing, the individual or, or so writing just, you know, had a tough day I, I don't know yeah. i can't explain it other than the fact that it's just disappointing that that formula that happened the previous three episodes and will at least continue in the two episodes that we discuss after this one or probably the one thing is that it could have been uh the post-production side because um because i know within one of the uh, um other two episodes probably this one as well as that i sort of noticed that there seemed to be uh quite a few uh weird editing that happened it just like some things didn't quite make sense in some of the areas and then that's how total like, so in general i think though, kind of i is. think it was in this one where uh they yeah it was when uh hongo brings one of the cat uh one of the shocker soldiers captive into his apartment there and like it seemed like that they were going to interrogate him but then all of a sudden you didn't see the whole interrogation and it was like the next day where he was riding into 
towards the the shocker uh, base, wherever that's uh, located. Well, and just and then also it's like I don't know what what was the point of you know sort of uh, holding this uh, shocker soldier captive and interrogating him when he already know where the base uh, was at. No, I think what we're supposed to infer is that they did the interrogation, and as a result, he figured out or found out what uh, where it was. Because I've seen this happen before in other TV shows and movies where they the good guys bring in a bad guy, and they say they're going to interrogate him, but they don't actually show it. And it's inferred that this individual was interrogated. And maybe there was a scene where they – did show the interrogation but maybe for time constraints because these are half hour shows maybe they thought that it's not worth showing it because we have other uh footage here that we think is more important than showing like a couple minutes worth of interrogation well right but then as i was sort of saying that is that even though that hongo basically already knows where they're you know, main hideout and everything oh, that, yeah. is because, you know, he's sort of gone back and forth. And it's also the same thing when it came to these other two episodes where he goes to the base and everything and fights out the minions and these uh, one-off villains. I thought, though, each like little shocker base was moved because that would be terrible of shocker to continue to stay in the same place time after time after the first infiltration. I sort of thought about that too, when you uh, like with some of the other uh, episodes where they have uh, one entry point to like to the base and then another uh, area somewhere around Japan with another entry point. But I, to me, I think it's still sort of the same, you know, the same base, but maybe some different entry points. I don't know. I don't know how this <laughs> all, uh, how they are, are thinking in their own mind when it comes to this point. But to me, it's like, if you already know at least one of the entry points, you should at least, you know, go to that one because you know where they're located. I want to talk about Kenji for a second. Uh, that little boy, I've, he's a very good actor, but I have to say the the, the crying that he gave out <laughs> I, was I, I, very I, – I was sort of thinking the same thing too, but I wasn't going to really talk it, about it. It was annoying, and as I was watching it, it disturbed one of my cats even. <laughs> And I think in uh, one of the scenes, I think towards the end of the episode where I think he was talking to his sister about getting uh, a new model plane or something like you hear you hear his voice, but you don't see his mouth moving at all. I was like, uh, okay. Well, yeah. And this to me, it seemed like he maybe was five or six and so um trying to direct kids that young is not always easy and so i think what they ended up having to do was bring him in later or bring in a different child to dub over some of those spots and and post-production yeah yeah i don't know <laughs> but, uh, by the way yeah the, the, but yeah i thought that was a bit uh a bit weird just to kind of see you know kind of the crime part just seemed like he was uh they were trying to make him uh act that way but then quite do it but uh (laughs) well and one of the things i like about the saracenian man here is is that so far he's the first villain to not actually uh, speak japanese yeah it's kind of this cackle and i found it funny because every time he cackled it reminded Reminded me of the chuckle from uh, Beavis and Beavis and Butthead. I, that's what it reminded me of because I, I kept thinking he did it the first couple times, and I go, I've heard something like that before. And then after a bit, I'm, oh, it's Beavis from Beavis and Butthead. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't quite. Uh, that didn't quite come to my head, but. Uh... But yeah, other other than that, um, 
yeah, like with with this episode, it uh, begins with both uh, Kenji and his uh, sister in this botanical garden. She gets kidnapped, drank, dragged into the ground. Kid thinks that uh, her sister got eaten and everything. It's... And the, the other thing, too, with the, the episode title is that, you know, they always say, you know, man eating this, man eating that. But you don't really see him eat <laughs> any man or that that sort of thing. So it's a bit misleading as far as the title. Just like the scorpion uh, thing. But... I think that, but I think the only, the only thing that you uh, get to see is that he sort of, I don't know if how to describe this. I don't know if he was like really yeah. strangling, uh, <laughs> like bear hugging his, uh, the like... shocker soldier that was captive to death or what. But he took his like right hand, I believe it was at one point, and like duck it like underneath the like the top part of the rib cage. So I don't know if it, my guess is because it's a plant. Maybe there is some venomous or poisonous uh, attribute to it, and he was injecting it. I don't know, but yeah, it was very difficult yeah. to figure out what was going on there. Because at first, I thought, yeah, all he was doing was just like trying to crush him to death or asphyxiate him. But then he started like doing that hand thing and then kind of folding him up like he's laundry. Um, yeah. It was weird. I, I still have no idea exactly what he was doing there because there wasn't like any sap or goo shooting out or yeah, like, I have no clue. Yeah, but then the, the episode goes on that uh, Hongo uh, Ruriko uh, visit the young boys, you know, took took the young boy to his house and everything, and then uh, Kenji gives gives him that model plane. I'm not sure sort of the reason behind it. I know they As a sort, thank of you gift. About, sort of mentioned about it, but it's a thank you um, gift. It's something that means so much to the kid that he's willing to part with it for something special that someone else did for him. Yeah, and then uh, Hongo visit, visits the botanical garden briefly to investigate until he was uh, interrupted by the shocker, chases them down as common rider and battles them. And then we get to find out that the sister is still alive, but uh, captive uh, being held captive by the shocker team and uh, to do uh, tests uh, and what whichever and uh, Hongo uh, goes over there uh, defeats uh, the minions and uh, rescues uh, Hongo's uh, uh, the Kenji's sister <laughs> <laughs> and then we get to see uh, uh you know, and he also brings the shocker soldier captive and everything. Uh, and then we get to see uh, Sarasarian, uh, Sinian, uh, finding out where they're located and then kills the soldier. And then that's sort of when uh, Hongo comes in as Kamen Rider beats uh, Sarasinian and everything, and well as the soldiers. And uh, he uh, reunites the young boy with his sister basically at the end of the episode there. So it's really not like kind of what we mentioned uh, earlier is not really much going on with this episode. You don't really see Saracenian a whole lot. Yeah. It's disappointing by the way. I think the choreography uh, choreography took a bit of a hit too. To me, it seemed uh, sloppy. It's almost as if they didn't uh, commit to it as much as they have up to this point it's because it seemed like when he would flip someone over his shoulder it was very stodgy it wasn't a clean brisk flip over it was kind of uh, uh, like it, it it just did not look good here mm -hmm. either yeah it was and i think it was a little bit that way at I believe in the next episode too, but we'll get to that uh, here in a minute. But um, otherwise, is there anything else you want to mention about this, or should we just kind of not really? I, I, I mean, I think we've kind of covered everything that we could up to this point without more or less giving our final thoughts. Even though <laughs> we kind of, you know, know where where we're sitting right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, uh, my final thoughts. 
Yeah, with this one, you don't really see the uh, one-op villain much at all. Uh, in this episode, you don't really hear him speak, which it would have been nice to hear him speak here and there because uh, you have that for basically most of the villain one-off villains that we know of so far throughout the six episodes. And uh, the story seems to be a bit stale um, with this one. And uh, some of the editing seemed to be a bit weird uh, to me uh, for a couple of the scenes and just kind of, didn't quite make sense with some of uh, some of the uh, transitioning here and there. So, yeah, I think um, so far episode four probably be my least favorite so far. So I would at least give it a a solid B. <laughs> this is crazy, and you'll see why here in a moment. Uh, the Saracenian man is a unique looking villain with interesting abilities. What I like most about him. Is- is chattering. It's it's very similar to that of Beavis's laugh from the Beavis and Butthead shows. With that said, I found this episode to be lacking in some of the action that was so much a part of the first three episodes. The Saracenian man seemed to have taken more of a backseat compared to other Shocker generals in the previous episodes. Uh, Kenji's cries were really annoying, too. The fight choreography looked a little more, more sloppy here as well. It was obvious a number of kicks and punches were a foot or more away from the villains, and the movement of both hero and villains look stiff and uncertain. <laughs> Overall, a mediocre episode that isn't bad, but a step or two back from what we've seen up to this point. And I also gave it a B. So yeah, I mean, so far, and I, I mean, spoiler alert, it's um, my least favorite episode up to this point in the six episodes we're going to cover. Um, so yeah, the next episode, episode five, Monster Mantis Man. <laughs> Uh, the monstrous mantis man. <laughs> <laughs> Not even worth it, really. Um, so here we finally, in a general sense, to just kind of encapsulate this episode, we kind of get back to basics, more or less. We get back to um, how things were prior to the Saracenian man and, and covering, uh, in, in having a villain that actually is more proactive with the story and ends up making the episode in and of itself more engaging than what we had with the episode we just discussed. And um, I have to say, though, that um, as much as I like some of these uh, shocker generals, I have to admit, it almost seems to me, though, some of the um, like the, the the shirts or what have you, you want to call them, that they're having the actors wear, you're seeing more and more of the cuff um, being separated from the glove that they're wearing, and so you're seeing more of the actual actor's skin on the wrist. Yeah, talking about the uh, Mantis Man. Well, Mantis Man, and and it's very uh, apparent at one point during the next episode when we're talking about the Chameleon Man uh, as well. And it's on the one hand, it's cringeworthy because you're like, ooh, like you know, that's literally seen the strings uh, or the zipper, however you want to mm-hmm. call it, but then. Um, at the same time, there's a charm to it as well because you're you're thinking to yourself, you know, I know what I'm getting myself into. And on top of that, these guys, budget's probably part of the problem. But then at the same time, they just don't care. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's, yeah. There's a charm to that. <laughs> yeah. But at least with uh, Mantis Man compared to um, Saracenian here, at least we do get to hear him speak and then – kind of get uh, more of involvement like you usually do with uh, the other one-off villains that we have seen so far. So this is, I would say, at least one of Please. one of the better episodes uh, so far for this, uh, for this one. You get a, at least a good uh, backstory for this particular episode when it came to um, like what's going on 
uh, and everything. You get this uh, seismologist, uh, Chicago, which is a childhood friend of Hongo there. But sort of the ridiculous thing, but I know it's kind of one of those. Uh, I think I know where you're going here because uh, I want to discuss the, it too. Uh, tokusatsu type of uh, things is that. The, the reasons behind these earthquakes is oh, that's not like with these uh, mantis eggs or something like that where you detonate them <laughs> and causes like all these earthquakes. It's, it's sort of your typical kind of uh, crazy tokusatsu science yeah. oh, well. type of stuff. But uh, what, what was the thing that you were thinking? I was the thing that I you. really thought was ridiculous was where uh, the mantis man traps Hongo into this pit and then he oh, has yeah. this bomb dangling over his head that's supposed to set off in two minutes but then the bomb goes off and yet somehow instead of actually killing hongo the uh the the wind if you want to call it from the blast hits his turbine belt to turn him into common rider and i'm going okay look i understand this is a kid show it's a superhero kid show um you know like, but that's one of the most ridiculous reasons I've ever heard. I'm, I'm going, I can follow, I can go along with some things, but I thought that's taking it one step too far. Right. But then it's like, I mean, you have them trapped in a very small space there, and you have to think about the shock wave too from from this blast. From it sort, it sort of looked like one of those uh, medieval weapons. I forget. Mace. The mace. The mace. It sort of looked like that. And, yeah, it, it looked decently sized, maybe about that big. Um, about, the, well, about the size of maybe like a kid's basketball or something like that. But so, Something the thing like is, that, but yeah, with, with the aftershock from the blast and everything it, within that small amount of space that he was trapped in, you would think, <laughs> and that pit came out perfectly fine. Like that pit was not destroyed. So that yeah. bomb <laughs> must have been some weak sauce. Probably, so probably, probably uh, went off like a firecracker. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> um, like I said, I'm willing to go along with crazy, but that's one of those moments where crazy decided to, um, you know, drink five Mountain Dews or something like that. I mean, it just, it just, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I, you know, if I were six or seven, I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? but, but now I'm like, no, I can't go along with that. Well, I would at least have to say it's much more entertaining than the previous episode. It's, look, I will say this, look, though, I will, I will give it this. It's entertaining, but here's the thing. It's more ingenious because being a boring adult now and having lost a lot of my imagination that I had yeah. as a kid, uh, if I were oh, writing this, <laughs> the, the sad thing is when you become an adult, you lose a lot of your imagine, imaginative abilities, Brain which cells. is sad. <laughs> no, you just – because you go – you. Side note, like you're going to you go to you go to high school, then you're getting jobs, and then my cats are fighting, and yeah. then um, and, and and then you're getting more involved, kind of in the real world. You, you're you're more aware of your world and the surroundings, and then you go to college, most likely, and you're getting involved in studies there. Then you're out partying, and then you're out trying to figure out how to get a career or something like that. Like again, you're you're so real world focused that that creative part of you tends to more or less not completely but disappears quite a bit and it takes a lot of maybe watching cartoons or common writer to get that back perhaps but here's <laughs> here's the point i'm trying to make is that if i were writing the screenplay to this episode and i thought oh crap i i wrote my guy into a literal hole where like he probably should die like i wouldn't have written it this way i would have erased that section and like thought of something else entirely mm -hmm. uh, or tried to maybe be like okay well what's some sort of ability he could use or whatever to get out of it i wouldn't have thought hey bombs give off a lot of you know air he's got a <laughs> turbine belt that when you activate it he turns into a superhero so 
it's it's sort of it's sort of he, funny the, how you, the... <laughs> it's sort of funny how you say you know the way that you said that is you're saying like bombs are just filled with air. <laughs> well, I mean, isn't it isn't that what the episode's telling us? I mean, I'm going by what the episode's sort telling of, us because he yeah, turned into common writer, right? <laughs> he turned into common writer, and he has to have enough air to go through his belt, which again is silly, but I'll go with it. <laughs> by the way, I think his belt. I, <laughs> the more I talk about it. This is so stupid. <laughs> But I was thinking of it too, like as because when I first saw it, I'm like, wait a minute, are you telling me this blast turned him into common writer? And then as he was like slowly transforming in this process that they have going on, I'm like, oh, son of a bitch, they went there. And I thought to myself, <laughs> you know what? His belt most of the time I think is like covered by his pants and his tucked in shirt. And I'm like, but what? It's like, you don't really, <laughs> like I don't even think you you really don't even see the belt. No, at you all. don't. Even when it's tucked in or anything, it's like where where does the belt come from? And, and the funny thing is, like you see it. Um, I I don't know if you. I think you did see it in the last episode, and I know you see it in the next episode. But I thought to myself, yeah, like he's wearing regular street clothes and stuff. And most of the time, when he's turning into Common Rider, he's on his motorcycle. And I thought, wait a minute, Mm -hmm. his belt's covered up most of the time there. And so I thought maybe what they do is they're like he's riding, he's going like on his (laughs) like lifting up his shirt or or like expose his belt or something. Or like 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 when he's in that uh, in that well or whatever it is that he gets uh, trapped in. No, yeah, he actually just lays down on the ground just like this, like, give me the air. You know what? His superpower isn't turning into Common Rider. It is lifting up his shirt at the right time to have his belt exposed so that any breeze that is emitted hits that belt at the right time so he can turn into Common Rider. The more I think about this and talk about it, it's like, this is actually ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Again, I know it's a kid's show, but again, it's the adult mind. (laughs) Just trying to think of how this stuff works. Like, this is either a bad Bob or he's like lifting up a shirt at the right moment to where he takes it to God. Well, in just sort of a ridiculous way of transforming into kind of no, it is. It absolutely is the belt. Even though it's but like again. with with the belt, it's like like how like how is it attached to him? Is you know with him being a cyborg and everything? Is it is that belt a part of him? Like I would think so. Say like sewed or glued onto his body or whatever i don't know <laughs> but then it's like how it's like how does that build trend like seriously transform him having like this body of armor for a common rider <laughs> no but here's the thing though just like we were talking about with this bomb and not only how stupid and ridiculous it is that he somehow like within a split second instead of being blown to bits had enough wind from that explosion to turn into common writer and like i said if i were writing that scene that's not what i would have written i either would have completely erased that and started something else entirely different or i would have tried to be like oh he like does something lame like jump out of the the cave or pit but Here's the other thing. I will give these writers in Japan credit. They will come up with something you will never, ever think of yourself. If I were writing this, I'd be like – he'd be like a Power Ranger. He'd have some sort of morphin like device of some yeah. sort. But instead, they're like, you know what? This guy – Fancy dresser because he works at a university. He's a biochemist. These guys dress pretty nice, right? They usually wear belts. How about he has a belt that has a little spinny topper on it? And when there's air that goes through it, he turns into the superhero. But see, <laughs> like that's it, that's incredible when you think here, about it. But here's the thing: wasn't uh, Super Sentai, which is originally Power Rangers mm-hmm. over there, weren't they originally made by Toei? Which is essentially, I think also, so. 
because Kamen Rider is also uh, Toei, you would have thought that they would have had, you know, done something similar to like Super Sentai Not always. Galleon or something. <laughs> Not <laughs> always. Like, no, I mean, like, uh, yeah, I mean, Toei is known for wackadoo stuff, which is one of the reasons why I love them. I mean, anybody who has listened to us uh, for a while knows I'm a huge fan of the Golden Bat, which is produced in, by Toei. But mm-hmm. it, I think a part of it depends, too, on the crew. Maybe they have like an A, B, C crew where maybe there are certain properties they think – Okay, this one is going to get maybe more budget, maybe a little bit longer shooting time, some of the better talent. May, I don't know. I mean, I don't know the you know the history of like Toei and most of these Japanese studios. So I don't know if that is part of it or or what. But you know what? We spent a lot of time uh, with this particular you know, with, 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 with 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 the belt and and the bomb and how he you know miraculously survived that. But um, by the way, did. I, I sort of forgot. Did the Mantis Man not use like his pincer deal much at all? Because I thought if they didn't, they missed out on an he, incredible opportunity for him to like snap someone's neck. He sort of did, as far as like showing some uh, a couple of footages in the episode where some things were cut in half with him swinging that uh, arm of his that had that long pincer there but then the the other thing too is that um is that his uh hongo's childhood fred uh chicago that you get find out later in the episode that uh she's been brainwashed in a way you don't really know but in one of the scenes where she was taken back to the shocker base where she's still brainwashing everything you see the camera closing in on her i think it was the left wrist where i think it was had this uh maybe a watch or something i was blinking and everything i don't know if that was part of it but then uh at the end when common rider defeats uh the mantis man disabling this earthquake weapon which was in a ridiculous like just encapsulated by a um uh, a mantis egg, which was a bit ridiculous because it was just, you know, attached to part of <laughs> whatever it was. So there was really no point in that being encapsulated by an egg to begin with. But uh, Chicago mm-hmm. was still, I think, brainwashed in a way you don't really know. She was uh, unbrainwashed uh, from Shocker's you know, whatever it is. And it just, the episode closes it out. So you don't really know if she went back to normal or not. And I think that that should have been, that should have been part of a quick ride and to know that she's back to normal and everything and so on and so forth. And then just kind of closing out the episode that way. Yeah. And I mean, this is, um, this is an issue you and I have talked uh, numerous times. Um, you know, when we've done things like uh, Iron King, when we did Ultraman, when we did Ultra 7, um, did we do like another series or something like that? Uh, but my Johnny point Taco. is. Yeah, Johnny Saka. How could I forget? That's like nearly two yeah. years ago. Um, <laughs> but. This is something that we have discussed numerous times before, and I think, again, part of it is time constraints because uh, so far all the shows that we have covered were on for half-hour time slots, so I think Mm -hmm. time definitely is part of it. Um, Another thing, though, too, is, again, because these shows are directed more at a younger audience, that's not so much the point uh, of showing you or to not show you certain aspects of a story that – all you need to know is that these are the good guys or the good guy. These are the bad guys. And all that matters is saving the day. I mean, I, re- I, I think about this every once in a while myself to when I was a kid and I was watching like the Swamp Thing cartoon, Teenage Mutant mm-hmm. Ninja Turtles, Toxic Crusaders, Batman, Darkwing Duck and all that stuff um, where, yeah, like at that age, to me, the, the – 
the, the story did matter, but it, it, it wasn't to me as important. To me, what was more important were the fights between the good guys and the bad guys. Were they fun? Were they entertaining? Did the bad guys, uh, were they themselves cool looking? Did they have some unique powers or capabilities that could give the hero a run for for their money for a bit? And then can the hero somehow triumph in some you know, creative way, perhaps. To me, it wasn't so much exactly what the villains themselves were doing. It was a matter of, will good save the day by the end of the episode? And of course, it always does, um, even mm-hmm. if it took like multiple episodes to do it. But that's the point. And I think that's something maybe going forward, yeah, we can still kind of comment on, I think, occasionally. But I think maybe we just need to let that go by the wayside because, um, you know, we're never going to get answers to that. That's not uh, the most important thing of the story, even though, yes, it is technically maybe a very small plot hole, but it's not what is considered central to, uh, you know, a story whose demographic is maybe, you know, kids like my son's age who aren't sophisticated enough and aren't going to care too much about that part. Well, I care about it. Yeah, but you're old. (laughs) So are you. I didn't say I wasn't. (laughs) So do we want to go into final thoughts here? Yeah, let's uh, go into final thoughts uh, here. Um, Yeah, as far as episode uh, five goes, for me – it's a lot better than the previous episode where you uh, get to know a little bit more of uh, the one-off villain in this episode, and he's more involved, obviously talkative, compared to the <laughs> uh, villain in the previous episode. There, you get more of a coherent, uh, better backstory to this as far as you know, with some of the seismic earthquakes uh, going on, but um kind of the uh the main thing behind it is a bit ridiculous when it came to uh mantis eggs being the thing when they detonate <laughs> uh there and then like we talked about for maybe about uh for a bajillion hours the uh uh the the trap <laughs> that uh hongo was put in and uh how he uh uh managed to escape that uh so i'll just leave it at that um but yeah, this this one was a much better episode than episode four. Uh, much more coherent. The better uh, the story was better compared to that. A better um, villain that's more involved uh, in the like and the the choreography. Um, but this one, I think uh, it's a bit off in some areas. There. Um, but I would say probably better uh, than what Kent mentioned about it in uh, episode four. So uh, with episode five, I would give this one an A minus. This is crazy. <laughs> the series after a brief hiccup with the last episode is back to form. Mantis Man is more hands-on with the happenings of Shocker and like, like all the gen- Shocker generals thus far is fun and unique. However, when he and his minions are defeated, this beat effect comes into play. It's odd and doesn't make sense. I'm getting a little annoyed, too, that we're seeing the writer kick ability being the one move common writer uses to defeat the Shocker Generals now. It's similar to Ultraman and Ultra 7 using their knockout moves every single time to defeat opponents. It's pretty convenient, too, that Takeshi is solving all the mysteries surrounding the earthquakes. Understandably, this is more of a kid's program such programs do tend to make the central hero the one who figures everything out and saves the day. But it makes a supporting cast not worth bringing in if they can't contribute to saving the day. An upgrade from the last episode, but a few problematic picks here as well, and I gave it an A-. minus. But yeah, we didn't talk about the writer kick. Um, once again, coming into play being you know the default you know killer move, and then the weird beat effect that happened when when he got defeated because usually most of these guys like melt away or something it was like Sarah yeah. Singing man like he he melted away, into yeah. a literal blanket and someone dragged it under a log <laughs> well as compared to um episode six where he just disappear when he get uh when you die 
mainly that was from uh, uh, the minions when it came. Yeah, I think it was just the minions that just when they die, they just vanish into thin air. <laughs> Speaking of episode six, it is titled Grim Reaper Chameleon. Or the deadly chameleon. I love this shocker general. Um, I like his abilities. I love the um, suit head that they have for him. It's very detailed, very colorful. Um, his ability, I think, makes him very dangerous. I love Chameleon Man. I love him an awful lot. That, and then I also liked um, the backstory to yeah, this episode. And, and yeah, very good. It, it lingers into uh, episode seven, which we won't be getting to in a month from now. Spoiler but, uh, alert. Uh, yeah, it, the villain isn't defeated here. Yeah. So with uh, episode six here, he uh, chameleon interrogates a former uh uh, Imperial Japanese Admiral trying to find out where this uh, where the Nazi secrets are hidden and it kind of lingers in into uh, trying to find out where uh, I think uh, where the secret is uh, being held and everything it's kind of a really nice backstory to it and it kind of dives into a little bit of the lore behind the whole shocker uh, organization. Yeah. And you know, this was something I think I talked about <clears throat> um, uh, like during the first batch of episodes that we covered was that I suspected that shocker obviously had some ties with the Nazis. And here we are. I think what we're getting now um, is kind of on that back uh on that backstory of kind of who and what shocker is. And that's kind of interesting because typically with tokusatsu, when you have these big bad villain stories, they don't really start to unfold it until the last handful of episodes, either dealing with that arc, like they would do with iron King Mm -hmm. or when they're getting close to the end of the series. Like uh, I think, I think red Baron did it. I'm I'm not sure. I don't remember because it's been eight years since I went through that series. Um, but I like that, and and I don't know. I mean, I haven't gone through Common Rider. Maybe Common Rider is going to be similar to um, Iron King, in which maybe there will be multiple big baddies along the way. Because um, we're t- we're covering ninety something episodes, uh, yeah. that would be quite something if you're sticking with one big baddie. But we'll we'll see as we go along here. But I really dig this because I remember telling you. Uh, during the last discussion that the eagle or bird that they had there was very reminiscent of the eagle that the Nazis would use. And Mm -hmm. yeah, sure, shooting, you know, here we are. We're talking about this secret weapon or or, or whatever it is that they're after, and it's dealing with the Nazis. Mm -hmm. And they have an actual uh, former Nazi working for him. Heinrich, I think, is the one guy's name. Yeah, I think episode. I think at least a few guys there because you saw in one of the scenes. Uh, and I want to touch upon this as far <laughs> as uh, one of the scenes where they had this Heinrich guy and then a couple other, I think, former uh, Nazi scientists. There is that you know they were showing some of the footage of Common uh, uh, Rider there trying to find out his re- weakness and. You know, going back to the belt and everything with the wind and all that. But the thing is that Shocker made Kamen Rider. You would have think thought that they would have known his weakness all this time, but yet <laughs> they had to have like these former Nazi scientists trying to figure it out. It's like these Nazi scientists who have not been in the series up until now. Yeah, it's like I'm just like. Okay, first off, Shocker made Common Rider. And like second the second thing is like if you want to make him as a perfect weapon, you would have thought that at least have some kind of backdoor weakness to Common Rider just in case if he uh went rogue, you know, basically kind of what he did, you know, turning good and everything. You would have thought <laughs> To, to have known his weakness all this time. 
Yeah, um, that's one of those. I'm kind of just shrugging my shoulders and I'm just letting <laughs> roll off my back. I'm not too terribly concerned um, about that at all. But um, even though you were so concerned about the whole trap, <laughs> that to me is that to me is a bigger deal because that involved our hero <laughs> potentially being killed. This is just trying to find the hero's weakness, which to me it, it's not as big of a deal. But um, I thought, even it was, though the whole death thing is not really that concerning, because we all know that what that's going to entail. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I knew he was going to survive, but it's like, how are they going to write him out of this? And then it was like, no, seriously, there's wind. They're going to use the wind from the explosion. <laughs> like he's going to turn like that, like like split second, he's going to turn into. Con- but anyway. We're, we're done with that episode. Um, one of the things that I will give this sort of story credit for is that in, typically with these types of shows, even those kind of aiming more at a younger audience, it's like we're going to rule the world and we're going to have like a big laser gun and we're going to have a big bomb or you know whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. Their plan is to take over the world's economy. Now, that's some sophisticated stuff right there, especially for kids. And I actually think kind of ingenious when you think about it, too. Like, we're going to manipulate the world's economies to create chaos and anarchy and and all that, too. That, to me, I was – I was I actually was like, oh, I'm impressed. Like, kudos to you, common writer writers. <laughs> like, I, I was pretty impressed with that because I thought, oh, like a big bomb or a secret nuclear submarine or something like that. And no, it's something that's going to manipulate or, or somehow mess up world economies. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as far as um, the episode goes. Like uh, Chameleon somehow knew uh, that this former Imperial Japanese Admiral uh, officer had a daughter at this uh, one specific uh, hospital. And they basically uh, Chameleon took his uh, unconscious body over there, wakes him. I like how he wakes up. the admiral there he just like hits him kind of in between the kind of the the spine there towards the the neck area <laughs> like get up it's perfect <laughs> and uh, and uh, wakes him up that way and then like sort of i think kind of threatens him like if he doesn't tell him where the secrets are that they were going to probably do something uh terrible and then he just looks over at this model submarine that that his daughter had in her room there and uh, they were about to uh, get it before Hongo surprisingly intervenes out of nowhere and then uh, the chameleon Uh, did you didn't you see the early part of the episode where um, oh yeah 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 uh, yeah yeah. Um, was it the uh, Ruriko and the couple of her friends they found the strain they found the doctor they didn't see the chameleon man holding him up because the chameleon man uh, made himself invisible yeah. and so they told uh, takeshi about it and then takeshi kind of was following up and then because he's a cyborg his senses are heightened and so he could hear them from however far away they were at that point and so uh he battles uh, the soldiers and uh, chameleon there until they disappear, and then the daughter gives. Here, here's another episode where a kid gives Hongo another uh, model there as a present and everything, and then uh, Hongo was with uh, Tachibana there investigating it for a bit, and then they realize that there's something w- within this model uh, submarine. Open it from underneath, and there's a map there which kind of looked like it was uh drawn by crayon there (laughs) no joke um it's here and then the next scene we get to see uh hongo kind of exploring this um kind of this dirt mountain like you see in every tip typical tokusatsu show uh there and uh you had these uh construction guys working there and they detonate a explosive and you know unraveled a cave there and you had four construction guys um 
go check it out. And they got freaked out by this uh, metal iron box that had the, uh, the, the Nazi insignia on there. And, uh, and then you had uh, Hongo come in, uh, retrieve it, and then uh, try to go back. But then he gets uh, ambushed by the Shocker minions and as well as uh, Chameleon uh there but then escapes takes the the box back over to his uh workplace and had one of his uh co-workers uh try to open it and everything and then uh i think uh around nighttime around the nighttime there well before that uh hongo and ruigo were gonna go they were gonna go to the uh hospital where the dollar was but uh they get captured by a chameleon there and they try to kill him <laughs> by putting him on a railroad track or uh, a subway track whichever uh try to kill him but uh hongo woke up in time uh breaks out of the chains and then hangs onto uh part of the uh, the beam underneath the train and, and it's also pretty funny you think that uh chameleon and the the shocker uh team were watching this happen but it seemed like that they didn't because <laughs> she had one of the members say oh they're dead <laughs> once the yeah. uh the, uh, the subway train goes by it's like didn't they watch this thing or were they just somewhere else thinking <laughs> that <laughs> that that's the how it done? is Again, we've seen this numerous times with other tokusatsu shows where, you know, it's like we'll tie them up to the speed. And I've seen it in the 66 Batman series, and I've been through that series several times where it's classic, you know, silly, goofy, um, you know, shows about heroes and villains. And then the villains are so full of themselves, they think they, they got the hero done for. They walk away and then they bring out the bat shark repellent and magically, you know, here we are, uh, you know, a odd number of hours later where the hero comes up to the bad guy. The bad guy's, Gadzooks, how did you survive? Or something <laughs> like that. Like, you know, it's just to me again it's it's a cliche it's a cliche uh, and again it's a kid show again it's something else that is done numerous times throughout the course of a kid show um but yeah I, one of the things i thought was kind of funny in a different way than you will think is um Earlier in the episode, when they're beating on the guy's daughter um you could tell like they like they quickly slowed down like within a few inches before like they got to her back when they were like trying to beat up on her i'm like and that's right front and center on the camera i thought why don't you turn the camera the other way because then you could have an angle where you could not see the slowdown and then you could sell you know the um the the interrogation or, or whatever you want to call it um more appropriately but here's here's my theory as far as who this chameleon guy is, I think this chameleon guy was uh, one of this guy's um, underlings. I forget what they're called, like one of his soldiers uh, in the military. So I bet we're going to find out, if at all, if at all, um, <laughs> that that's what we're going to find out about this chameleon man come episode seven, is that he uh, was underneath this Sonata, that uh, Sonata was his um, commanding officer, and uh, uh, I think that's kind of what happened. That shocker got to this guy, turned him, and, you know, here we are. Because I think one of the reasons why shocker chooses some of the people that they do um, is because of some of their connections, I think, too, if I'm not mistaken, where some mm -hmm. people have certain connections either to certain types of businesses or people or what have you. They will try to kidnap these people and turn them and not completely – you know, take over their mind uh, to where they lose some of their memories or, or what have you. They will still remember part of their previous lives and as a result, help Shocker to achieve whatever ends that they're trying to achieve. So mm -hmm. uh, that's my my theory. 
Yeah, and then um, after that whole shtick with the the subway subway train, um, you had uh, Tachibana uh, go over to Hongo's workplace to you know wait till Hongo comes by and then retrieve uh, take uh, the iron box from that Nazi iron box, but uh, chameleon comes in and uh, actually steals it. And then uh, towards the end, we get to find out that uh, Hongo basically plants himself as one of the shocker minions and, you know, infiltrates uh, the, the shocker base there. And that's sort of basically how the episode ends right there is when, uh, and it's also pretty interesting how the, uh, this uh, main leader of the shocker organizations said, I sent out, you know, a certain, like before you open the iron box, I know I sent out a certain amount number of uh, minions with you. And, uh, and I know that one of them's still around and all that. And he finds out that <laughs> basically Hongo was among them. Uh, and then that's when he turns into a common writer. And that's when the episode, uh, ends right there and you know to be continued yeah well it's funny because hongo was completely dressed in shocker regalia and then like that he's back in his street clothes uh i'm surprised he didn't like go into his belt you know (laughs) turn into common rider i mean that's what i would do or take it and like flick the little turbine on the belt (laughs) yeah it's like give me wind This is dumb, but I have to ask just because the the idea itself is ridiculous. So what if he's, let's say, at a buffet (laughs) and he's standing behind someone in line at the buffet and this person farts? (laughs) (laughs) Will he immediately turn into Kamen Rider right there? (laughs) Probably. What? <laughs> that wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> but uh, yeah, is there uh, anything else you want to uh, point out, or do you want to uh, close out? I'm ready to close out. Yeah. Um, with episode six for me, it's a much better episode compared to the previous two episodes, especially episode four. Um, you get a really more competent um, villain and uh, chameleon here, very you know capable of what to do and what he's knows what he uh, needs to do and everything. Much more better in-depth story with um, kind of a lore behind it to what you really know what uh, the uh, main uh, storyline is going with and you kind of tend to know uh, how how the the whole Nazi thing sort of linked up with uh, uh, the Shocker organization uh, for that matter and it's just much more well-rounded episode with a good story, competent uh, villain. Uh, you have these characters much more well-involved uh, in this episode. And uh, you have much more better uh, fighting, better choreography in this one here. So... Um, with that said, I would give episode six an A. Okay, here. <clears throat> Chameleon Man is my new favorite shocker general. Not only do I love the design of the suit, I love his abilities and how, how very competent he is at his job. That's not to say the previous generals were terrible, but Chameleon Man adds another level of competency. Perhaps to the story is helping him by having the stakes heightened at a level not yet seen for the show. I had always speculated shocker was a failure with the Nazis to some degree, but we may get more of our answer coming in episode 7. There's a degree of malevolence to Shocker now, as as well, since a secret Nazi map has been discovered, and they are on the hunt for what the next secret is that will help Shocker take over the world's economy. A great story and great cliffhanger. I am anxiously anticipating what's to come. 
next, and I gave it an A+. So it's arguably my favorite episode you gave it. So, uh, thus far. You gave it a B plus? A plus. Oh, okay. It sounded like you said A plus. I gave it an F plus. <laughs> <laughs> sure. For the for the belt blowing. Part <laughs> <Smart> plus. <laughs> While he's in line at the Golden Corral. <laughs> oh god but anyways uh did you want to add anything otherwise i can uh get us get us out of here yeah i just want to say uh one last time um you know as far as um uh, so, social media and everything. Okay. If you're watching us on uh, YouTube here, if you see the uh, the red subscribe button down below, you can uh, uh, hit that subscribe button as well as uh, smash that like button and uh, hit that notification bell icon so you can uh, get reminded if there's any new videos from us coming uh, down the pipeline. And... Uh, and as far as uh, social media, you can find us everywhere in one place there on Linktree slash Daikaiju Network. And as far as video platforms, uh, we're on YouTube, Twitch, and we're also back on to uh, Facebook as well. And then uh, on Rumble, uh, where we have uh, some of our episodes arrive there a day after. And uh, audio platforms, we're on there uh we're on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, as well as TuneIn. And you can find us at our own uh, website with both video and audio uh, forms of our episodes, as well as uh, blogs over at uh, daikaijunetwork.com. And so with that, thank you guys so much for watching or listening to us. We will be back in two weeks when we are going to discuss episodes four through six of Spectre Man. I am seriously hoping that show uh, gets better because right now I'm a little concerned about it. Um, but that's what we're going to be doing in a couple of weeks. And thank you so much for joining us. All right, guys. We'll see you in a couple of weeks.